0: welcome to the cotton club crew this is a special edition we're talking about the regional final upcoming with florida that'll be tonight at 5 p.m central i believe now it's slated potentially for both the sec network and espn plus because florida did advance past yukon but i haven't seen uh confirmation of that but regardless you will be able to watch it on espn plus so if you do pay for that subscription you should be able to watch it there I hate ESPN for kind of screwing with this. I think it's a bad decision. This is a massive game. Number two overall seed at home, about to be eliminated from the NCAA tournament. Surely people are going to tune in, but whatever. Not my call. I don't make broadcast decisions. We're going to start by talking about games one and two, and then we'll talk a bit about the strategy for game three and four. Obviously, we've seen Florida. Now everybody's got a good idea of what they bring to the table. We'll talk about what what it would mean to win in one, and how do you approach Florida, if Tech were to lose, which I, I we all truly hope doesn't happen, how do you approach managing your pitching for a two-game series against the Florida Gators? Let's start out, though, with game one of the regional for Texas Tech and the first game of the Gainesville Regional. That would be Tech versus Connecticut. Tech being the three-seed, taking on Connecticut. Tech would win this game 3-2 to two in what was a true pitcher's duel. Only eight hits for Tech. Only three hits for Connecticut. Mason Molina would have the bump for Texas Tech. He would pitch six innings only give up one hit, two earned runs, two walks. He'd have 10, uh, I believe it. he had ended up with 10 strikeouts to those two walks, so an incredible performance from him. He would be replaced by Beckel, who would pitch two, only giving up two hits, no runs. Josh Sanders would have the last inning of the game, giving up no hits, no runs, with one strikeout to close in the ninth. So, this was kind of a, a different... I We always expect Tech to be good offensively. We rarely expect the pitching to be good um, outside the starters, but this was probably the best I, I think it's fair to say one of the best pitching performances of the year for Texas Tech, top to bottom. Let's talk about Mason Molina first. What did you see from him, Joe, that you liked?
1: Early command. I mean, first pitch strikes. I mean, hitting his spots early, getting ahead of the count. I mean, you can't you can't draw up any better um, last three starts or last four starts that Mason Molina has had for this for this baseball team. I mean they've been they've been as consistent as can be all across the board. But getting that first pitch strike, um, keeping his low uh, low pitch count, you know, going deep into games, man, that's just a recipe for success. You are able to get anywhere four and two thirds of distance into a game with a low pitch count and the the score relatively low. I mean, all bets are off on who this team could beat whenever you have pitching like that from Mason Molina. And like I said, he's come along of late. Um, it's really great to see him just go out there and dominate. But yeah, that those early pitch strikes and keeping his pitch count down has been really, really tremendous for him in this um, stretch that he's had
0: yeah he and here's the thing about regionals and why everybody was so rightfully nervous about tech in this regional it's so important to be able to chew up a ton of innings with your starters, especially for a program like Texas Tech because we've had questions in the bullpen and a guy like Molina being able to give you six he and and really Good six, where you feel really comfortable what he did, is just a really great start to a regional. Even if you had lost this game, that would have set you up much better for what was coming down the line. But it was critical in this game because Tech really struggled offensively, really struggled offensively. Um, you know, Gavin Cash had five at bats, wouldn't get a hit. Uh, the only Red Raiders who recorded hits in this game were. Uh, Harrelson, Bazell had a pair, um, Austin Green, and Zach Vujicic, and Will Burns. So not not some of the names you'd expect, but not a lot of them. You know, you didn't see Cash get a hit. Um, You didn't see Nolan get a hit. Uh, Nolan did get on base. The guy is a machine at getting on base. Um, but you know that you weren't good offensively in this game, eight hits and you really struggled to push anybody across, which was the big thing in this one. You know, you, you only score three runs. The two late runs in the fifth would be the deciding factor. Um, let's, let's talk though about the relief pitching, you know, Mason Molina stays. He stayed a little too long. Um, he gave up two any two runs in the fifth, probably arguably maybe could have gotten pulled a little earlier, but he recovers pitches well into the sixth. Um, Still, only two earned runs is pretty fantastic. Brandon Beckel enters the game. He pitches two complete innings, only gives up two hits, no runs, and doesn't walk anybody. This is something I really want to highlight. Both Beckel and Brandon, or excuse me, Brandon Beckel and Josh Saunders come into the game three innings between. them, Not a single walk. The biggest problem Tech has had from my, from what I've seen as a bullpen perspective, is you've got guys coming here who can't throw strikes. They 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 just can't throw strikes. They're not they're they're so nervous, I guess, about contact or. I don't know, just trying to be cute and nibble around the strike zone that they come out here and they don't throw strikes. Yeah, two guys come out and record in three innings, two strikeouts, face ten batters, and not walk anybody. And that that's that's a recipe for success. Now, here's the thing about the regional. You have to have good pitching performances repeat themselves. You can't do it on just the back of one starter. Mesa Molina, Beckel, and Sanders were fantastic. Now we turn the page in this game. And to the next game, the Overall, number two seed Florida versus Texas Tech. Tech would win this game five to four. Again, not a great offensive performance from Tech. Only seven hits on the day, uh, but three home runs in this game. That was the difference. That that was the whole the whole shebang were those home runs. Um, Florida would record eight hits in this game. Texas Tech would use a much deeper pitching staff. They used quite a few guys in this one. They used five arms. I suspect most of these guys will be used again today if needed. Kyle Robinson was fantastic. Um, I think this was another example. This, more even more so than Molina, was an example of the guy who pitched one too many. They trotted him out. I think it was that sixth inning um, when Florida dropped that two spot. And... Uh, uh, tied up this game Kyle Robinson was just left in one inning too many but he only gave up four hits two earned runs he had two walks to four strikeouts it was fantastic performance from him you know this is a guy Tim tadlock has been feeling really good about lately it was kind of a surprise to see him get the nod but it is a testament to how he's developed as a pitcher Ryan Free would enter Ryan Free would give up two hits one run one earned run um he wouldn't walk anybody with three strikeouts. Ryan did not look good. I, I'm going to be honest here. This is a performance where he just scraped by. He was getting a lot of contact. They were hitting him hard. He had a, a, a hit by pitch in this game. I think he had two of them on 0-2 oh, counts. I mean, he was just not performing well. But here's the thing about all that. You know, this is where kind of the, if you just look at the box score, you kind of get the story here. Um, he didn't give up many runs. He got out of jams he was helped by some fantastic play in the outfield uh, by Hester and I believe that was Harrelson at one point who closed it that closed out an inning um, on both two deep catches one the the, the I think it was uh, Caglione for Florida belts it I mean I thought it was out of the yard fortunately he hit it smack dab in the deepest part of the ballpark and Harrelson runs it down and is able to pop it grab the pop-up and end the inning that was a really nerve-wracking moment because it came um, in a tough spot it was just not his best performance but he did survive that's all you ask these guys to do don't choke and he survived to hold the game together Coombs would enter he'd pitch an inning he was he was solid in relief gave up a walk but two strikeouts and I believe it was a ground out got him through Bridges would enter next Bridges did not have the best luck um, he looked okay, and then he got tagged for what was nearly a kind of a back-breaking home run. Ball hits the wall for a stand-up triple. Um, Beckel would enter the game shortly after. Beckel does Beckel things and just closes it out. Gave up one hit and a unearned run in which a sack ground out pushed a runner from third to home. He closed the game out on what was a very tricky pop-up by Bazell to track that down. That's a situation which that ball was in. No man's land, no man's land. Left field couldn't get to it. Third base really couldn't get to it. And he may have had to run it down and make a nice little over-the-back catch to close out that game. And what could have gotten even dicier if that had plopped down for uh, an infield single. Now, let's talk about the offense in this game. Gavin Cash reappears on the scene. Joe, how big is it for that kind of slump? to be busted for cash
1: oh that's monumental i mean you're talking about a guy who was batting what i think fifth for your team and just a guy that you know essentially couldn't ever get out and he was making the big hit he was a guy that was feared and things like that and then now you know he was on that oh and 19 kind of hitting or that slum and um He got dropped down into the bottom of the lineup as a seven-hole hitter, you know, bottom nine, you know, a place that he hasn't been batting at at all. And for him to be hitting the ball, I mean, whenever he gets on that hot streak, we know what kind of baseball player Gavin Cash is when he starts seeing the ball like that. And that just bodes well because where we're at right now in this this regional, in the final, and then potentially, you know, giving ourselves a chance to make it into a super – and him starting to swing a hot bat again, that, that just bodes bodes well for this team moving forward.
0: I mean, it, it is something to say, you know, in the last few years we have had the young brothers who kinda of, they step up to the plate and you're expecting magic. Gavin Cash has kind of been that guy for tech this year. He's hit an ungodly number of home runs. And when he's going through that 0 19 slump, it, it it mentally wears on the team to not feel like your guy can step in and crush the ball. He crushed it tonight. I mean, the the, the home runs were no-doubter, no-doubters. The, the the second one, the 3-1 bomb, the, the announcers, I don't know where they are in that ballpark, but they clearly didn't have a good look on it because it cleared the fence by, like, 20 feet. I mean, he crushed the baseball on this night. Um, and I want to highlight another batter because Austin Green had one of the at-bats that was the most impressive of the year. He battles, I believe it was 9 or 10 pitches, four fouls in a row in a, with, a, with two strikes on him. Battles back, battles back, and just crushes a critical home run that really changed the complexion of this game, right? You know, he he doesn't hit that home run, Tech's offense was kind of sputtering. Um, and you, you finally looked like you were challenging a little bit with two outs, and he he does what you ask a veteran player to do, which is hit the ball very, very hard and very far in a really elite bat. I mean, that's the thing Tech has in its best years been known for, the ability to fight through counts and stay alive. Because the other thing is you're playing up against a guy like Sproat who is a v- extremely, you know, I don't know where he is on draft boards, but it's up there, extremely talented pitcher. You're trying to chase him off the mound every at bat that you extend is one little you know nudge closer to running him off the mound tech was able to get him out of there after i think the six is when he stepped out uh, which is you know what you wanted to see because sproat and here's the, you look at his pitch count 99 pitches right like that's a testament to you battling because he was throwing straight gas i mean he had a couple at bats where he lost command The Austin Green at bat, I think, is poorly called by his coach. They kept throwing to the same spot, and Green kept seeing it, getting closer and closer, and then just crushed it. So I I think that there is, you know, something to be said about that kind of elite plate approach hasn't always been there this year, and it is what Tech is known for. So it's good to see that kind of come back. Um, I want to highlight one moment in this game in particular. Let's talk about that called strike three with the bases loaded, Joe. How bad of a call was it really?
1: man i was i was yelling i was yelling just based on how the ump has been you know calling the game up into that point that had been a ball 90% of the time during the game and for that call to be you know you know a, a, a such a huge strikeout for them i mean that was it was brutal it was brutal to watch just considering how the ump had been calling the game prior to that that pitch there and then whenever you know it doesn't go in your favor there because i mean it it wasn't even borderline in my eyes i think it was it was outside the outside the zone the entire time and for them to make that call i mean or for him to make that particular call that was essentially could have been back, backbreaking and could have you know swayed the game you know in a certain way we don't get some of those runs across at certain points in that game
0: I want to know what Gutierrez said to the umpire because I I, I believe it was uh, Bazell was at the plate. Bazell said some shit. Like I don't lip read well. You know, I'm not one of those guys who has that talent. I don't know exactly what was said. And ESPN did everything they could not to show many replays of the actual strike. Bazell had some words. And I think Tim Tadlock was already out on the field to go talk to the umpire. Because that was bullshit. I mean, Chris Griffith had a pretty bad day. Especially late. I mean, it was home cooking, home cooking. That was that was egregious. That was a massive fuck up on what would have driven in a very needed security run for Tech um you know ball don't lie though Gavin Cash would make him pay for it but you know it's it is really unfortunate that that happened i want to know what Gutierrez said i know there's less tolerance for um, you know, non-managers saying things. I think that's just kind of true in general. The umpires don't like to hear it from the position coaches, but he trots by after Buzell is screaming at, I mean, had to be separated from the umpire without getting tossed. So I wonder if it was just wrong place, wrong time for Goot. If he says, you know, you missed it or that was bullshit. I don't know what the magic words are anymore in baseball. I would love to know what was said, but it was a bad call. I mean, the, I, I'm not one of those guys who usually likes to blame umpires for things because it's hard, it is It is an extremely difficult job. But you can't miss that one. I mean, it wasn't even close. The ball was, like, a foot into the batter's box. You, you know, ESPN never showed it again, and we have to listen to the two announcers talk about, ah, the pitching nails. Abner was just nails there. It's like he, he missed the strike zone by 100 miles and got bailed out. Like, let's admit what happened here. Um, so that that was pretty funny that, you know, Goot gets tossed. Well, Bazell is like, I think he was about to charge the ump. Like, they had to get somebody. I don't remember who came down from the base path to grab him and yank him back towards the dugout. And then there's the confusion. Nobody knew who had been tossed. I mean, it was a mess. Really bad showing by the umpire there. Um, bad showing by that crew. Now, here's a thought that I want to close with before we move to talking a bit more about what this Game 3 means. We're trying to keep the show a bit shorter, so you guys have plenty of time to listen, kind of digest the information, and still enjoy the game this afternoon without being too nervous. Joe, let's talk about the pen overall. This has been one of the stronger pitching weekends for Tech in a long time. What's impressed you the most about the pen so far?
1: Consistency. I mean, with the exception of of ryan free i mean it's been pretty consistent across the board and i don't i don't foresee free doing that again if he gets pulled in in a big moment but i don't think this upcoming game um this the game here at five o'clock is going to he's going to actually be involved i think this is going to be more of a a beckle kind of situation where he gets pulled into this mix um to close out if it comes down to it but you know they've been coming in throwing strikes. I mean, man, you can't you can't blame our staff. You know, all year long it's been an up and down inconsistency kind of deal. Where it's like you know, where we've said in our own little group chats and stuff like you know, I don't have much hair to be to be pulling out anymore. You know, it's like what what are we going to do to fix it or what needs to happen to change um, our pitching and things like that. And it. This weekend, it's kind of been it's been more consistent. I mean, yeah, there's been some a little bit of head scratchers or somebody's been left in a little bit too long, but it hasn't cost us necessarily because they gave them the opportunity to to finish out what they had started, and they got out of those jams, you know. So I'm actually just really really glad to see the consistency and then just the um, overall morale in the pitching, in the, in our pitching room, you know, they, they seem like they're fully confident. Everybody that's been up there has seemed confident and, you know, has been ready to pitch. So that's been something that's kind of been missing, you know, at least consistently missing from this team um, in the big 12, the tournament games and stuff like that up until this point. But I mean, it looks like they're all, Pretty confident right now.
0: Here's a stat from the last two regionals. So, of the last two regionals, they've given up 10 runs total. Of the 10, or excuse me, 10 earned runs total. So, of the 53 innings pitched through to this point, that's a 1.7 ERA. In both years, this is talking back to the Georgia Southern Regional and now. The pitching staff was much maligned all year, and rightfully so, right? Like I know we want to play a little bit revisionist history when things start to improve, but let's let's you know remember the pitching staff was bad this season. They were bad last year, but for some reason in the regional play, they're nails, and the offense has been what struggled a bit. Now five runs is not a bad night, you know, especially against guys like what Florida tr- throws out at you. Um, I would expect we see kind of a similar score to get out of this regional. But it is really something to see the staff kind of pull it together in the biggest moment, right? You know, yeah, it would have been great if they had figured it out in some key moments earlier on and let us host or get past some certain... um, get a get to an easier regional if we had to be on the road maybe even be a bit more competitive in the big 12 race but they're doing it now and that's the best part you mentioned something they're getting out of jams ryan free did not look great he still only surrenders the two runs right you know like it's not like he was horrible it wasn't good his command was kind of sloppy i don't like how they called him from a, a coaching perspective i think they put him in some bad spots but he got out of jams you know coombs got out of jams back old, helped close out that game and what was a really tight jam to be in and these guys just battle and that's that's you know what the question coming into this weekend was would you get the tech team that rallies from big deficits fights all the way to the finish battles at the plate pitches uh, pitches for contact right like you don't have to get strikeouts every time just throw just throw strikes would you or would you see the team that's timid doesn't play loose looks scared makes a bunch of defensive mistakes what were you gonna see and, you know, I, I loved seeing this team out there that looks like it's really fighting. They've got two games to get past Florida. Hopefully we do it in one. I'd love to get by in one because our pitching situation, I think, is arguably, you know, weaker than Florida's even with You know, Florida playing the extra game. I I don't know much about Florida's midweek staff. I know a lot about Techs and don't love it. So let's talk now about this next game. Now, I've seen all kinds of different analysis. I haven't seen if Tech has announced who's pitching yet. Um, I hope we hear that sometime before the start of game. But the current thinking is that... Tyler Nesbitt will throw for Florida. I've seen a lot of rumblings about him based on the fact that, you know, he started midweek games and he's available. And, well, but who knows, right? Like, I I don't want to speak definitively. I don't think Florida's announced yet, but that's the assumption I'm running with. But since the pitching situation is a little bit up in the air, since we don't know who the starters are, let's talk about the offensive approaches for this team. Joe, for, for a tech perspective, offense hasn't been great. It just hasn't been. They've been fine, but not great. What needs to change at the plate for Tech to kind of jumpstart its really hot offense and maybe try to cruise through this one?
1: Um, getting on the the pitcher early, making them work, um, making them throw strikes. Um, if it is a Nesbit pitching, he's started three games this year. Um, he's had ten appearances, but he's only started three games, um, and he's boasting a. Two ninety five ERA and twenty one innings pitched. If they go that route, so I'm thinking just off the top of my head, what I'd be doing would be getting on these guys early, making them work. Obviously, you know, get that pitch count high because they don't have a whole lot of, of free arms available because they've kind of you know used some of their their bigger their bigger arms you know in these last three games with um, Sprout. Waldrip and then Caglione you know I I don't think any of those those are the last three starters so you have Abner sitting there who'd probably come in for a longer relief Ryan Slater to come in for a longer uh, relief if need be and then all the rest of these guys that I'm looking at their at their statistics right now I mean it's not anything that's you know jumping off the page that you know tech should worry about so if it's any game that tech needs to win it would be this one, just to get it over with, reset, going into a super regional. But we need to get on these guys early in the count and then make them work.
0: Yeah, I talked about this with Green. It's it's the ability to, to extend at-bats, right? Like, you know, here's the thing, right? In baseball, hitting two fifties is fine. That's fine. You know, that, that that equates to one out of every four at bats, right? You know, that that's that's how often you should expect, you know, two out of four is fantastic. But more more likely you're gonna see one out of four days. That's that's just how things go against good pitching staffs like Florida's. Um, but here's the thing, you cannot go down on three, four pitches. And and you have to be disciplined at the plate. You get a two-one count. It's okay to take one, right? Extend at-bats. Extend, extend, extend. Austin Green did it and found his pitch. The longer your at-bat goes, the more likely it is that the pitcher throws a bad pitch. Because there's the other thing. Pitching Pitching is the kind of thing where, like, one out of every 10, 11 pitches is just bad. It's just guaranteed to be bad. It does not matter how good the pitcher is. One out of every 11 pitches is guaranteed. One out of every... You know, 15, 20 pitches is guaranteed to be a home run ball if you can find it. So there is always opportunity, but you won't see those pitches if you're going down three, four, five pitches. You need six, seven, eight, nine. Drag the starter out, especially today. Today I want to see the most cautious timid approach at the plate possible when it comes to taking and uh, pitches and fouling balls off be defensive there's no need to be aggressive i know you want to play to win this one absolutely about that but the biggest thing you can do today is force florida to burn arms they do not have they do not have the staff no one does to really go through this number of games and have dominant pitching all the time be find your pitch you know swing the bats obviously i hate when you just stand there and take pitches and strike out but don't don't swing it you know the three one fastball right maybe take that one get to a full count see what you can find on the next one you know and and i i i think that that's been such a calling card of texas tech in its best years offensively or or when they're so disciplined at the plate and they extend at bats and force starting pitchers to work deeper and longer um and especially today, it's critical. You want to get to the back half of Florida's bullpen as fast as possible. If you can get the starter off the mound by the fifth inning because he's already thrown 85 pitches, that's what you want because that's that means you're facing bullpen guys, midweek bullpen guys. And those guys, even at a place like Florida, just they don't have the stuff that you've seen. You went up against two tough pitching. UConn threw a really tough pitcher. sprout obviously, a future MLB talent. And you, you managed to shuck it off and keep going. But it's time to be really disciplined, really fight today, and, and extend your at-bats. That's the, 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 the word of the day is stall for the offense. Florida. And I say that knowing that Florida pitchers pitch in like four seconds on the pitching clock, by the way, which is absurd speed. Those guys really roll. I mean stall in the sense that every at-bat needs to be an absolute war. It needs to take forever to sit down a tech batter. Because you're still only going to hit the ball... You know, once every four, once every five times. But if in those at-bats, you make the pitcher throw seven, eight pitches every time, you will work through their staff extremely quickly, which one, will make this game easier late, and two, will make tomorrow, if needed, even more of a, of a pitching struggle for Florida. Now, Joe, I'm going to give you the final thought here. Does Texas Tech get this one done in one?
1: Yes. My My vote is yes. I feel confident based on how our pitching performances have been these last two games. Yeah, the deep, the offensive side of it hasn't necessarily been clicking, but I think this is the game that we get it all together. We get on their pitching staff early. We put up some early runs and then we just battle and we do what we need to do to, to win this game and close out a regional that, you know, a lot of people didn't even have us coming close to winning. So let's just go out, play some ball do exactly kind of like what you said. Make these pitchers work. You know, no free passes, anything like that. There's no reason for it. I mean, it is like we're playing with house money because we are guaranteed a second game. Um, but I don't want it to get to that. I would rather just go ahead and put them down now and and move on. And I think we have all the tools to make it. We've been making the the plays when we need to, when like at the critical moments, pitching and or at the. Um, when we're batting, you know, making those critical hits, um, you know, IE that Austin green at bat, you know, he just battled, battled and battled. And you're right. There's, there's nobody who's going to throw 12 straight strikes. You know, the, it's just numbers game, you know, at that point in time, that's just how it works. I do see tech winning this game and a, in a similar fashion as these previous two games, I'm calling a close game. Six to four good guys.
0: You heard it here fir- first, folks. We've been pretty good on this podcast of late calling out how these games are going to go, other than kind of the West Virginia sh- choking. Um, Joe's calling a Texas Tech win today. I think Tech can get it done today as well. We're going to get this one up shortly for you guys, so that hopefully you guys have had time to listen to this a couple times before the game starts. As always, like, subscribe, follow, comment, whatever you want to do wherever you listen to podcasts it would be great. Let us know what you want. We'll be back after the regional, most likely tomorrow. If tech does close it in one, if not, we may have another preview for you guys before the critical game uh, final, but hopefully, 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 hopefully this one ends today. now, like I said, I saw this is still only listed on the ESPN plus. It may be on the sec network as well as Florida is an sec team. So kind of a break that they won this one. Um, hopefully we will see you guys tomorrow or later this week, talking about the huge regional upset heading to the Super Regional. I've gotten questions about the Super Regional math. I refuse to speak about it or research it until Texas Tech is, in fact, in the Super. So don't get ahead of yourselves. Be where your feet are. Enjoy the game today. Wreck